What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the scorecard, the boxing scorecard where I ask people to bring your scorecard and an explanation, not just simply your opinion. Last night we had the biggest showdown in boxing um, in recent years, Earl Spence Jr. versus Terrence Bud Crawford. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. This, um, this really solidified uh, Terrence Bud Crawford as the number one pound for pound best boxer in the sport of boxing today. Uh, let's get a quick breakdown of the fight and then, and then uh, get into more specifics on why, why he's up there on that level. Um, round one was close. I gave round one to Earl Spence, just barely, you know, he just landed a little bit more, um, but that was it. After that, <laughs> it was Terrence Crawford all the way down the line from there. Um, just to give a little bit more specifics about each round, though. Uh, that second round, I think Crawford won with his power jab, that FU jab that I, that I like to say, making your opponent's head snap back. Um, not just touching, but making his, making the opponent's head snap back with that FU jab. Um, that's what I got. I gave uh, Terrence Crawford that second round. The third round, it just looked like Crawford just stepped it up a notch each, each, a higher each round. That third round, I simply, my notes for third round was just that he was a step, Spence was a step slower. Um, Crawford was just simply landing more with accuracy. <laughs> um, I forget what the final punch stats were, but Crawford landed 60% of his power punches. 60% of his power, power punches compared to like 30% for, for Earl Spence. Um, fourth round. After the fourth round, the fourth round, notes for the fourth round was he, uh, Spence was two steps slower, simply two steps slower. After that fourth round is when I, you know, I, I had to realize and, and say to myself, like, I, you know, we're, we are realizing we're watching something special right now. Um, yeah, we're, we're witnessing something. We're witnessing greatness right now with what, uh, with what Crawford is doing to, to Earl Spence. Uh, round five, round five, I marked it as a close round. Um, close, but not good enough for Spence. Close, but not not good enough to give it to Spence. Still gave it to 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 to, to Bud Crawford. Round six, trying to make it ugly, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my notes for round six was Spence at this point realized that he was not able to outbox Crawford, so he was trying to make the fight ugly, trying to get close and and um, you know just get on the inside and and make it ugly. But Crawford was comfortable doing that too. Very comfortable doing that too, um, and so yeah. Even though round six I marked as a close round two, still give it to Terrence Crawford. Round seven. Um, round seven is when uh, is when Spence went went down two times, and yeah, it's this was just pure pure domination at this point. Round eight and nine. I, forget, I don't know if it was round eight or nine that the fight got stopped, but um, let me double check on boxers right now. Which one was it? Uh, nine. Round nine is when it got stopped. Right before that, about one minute before the fight got stopped, I was yelling, not yelling, but I was saying that, you know, to, to throw in the towel. You know, a couple of people at the fight party, shout out to my boxer, Carlito, shout out to my, my homie Dash. They really nah, don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. This is where this is where the coaching comes in. Cause you know, your your pride, your pride might tell you not to throw in the towel. You're like, 
as a fighter, you don't want the towel to be thrown in. But as the coach, you got to live, you know, you got to think about the future of your box and realize that, uh, you know, this was not their day and to save their, you know, save them for, for, for another one. So about one minute before that stoppage happened, I was telling them, like, yo, they, this corner might have to think about throwing in the towel. But the referee did his job and stopped it in that ninth round because that it would have just got worse. The same way how how um, in the Sean Porter fight when uh, when his corner threw in the towel, you know Porter probably could have continued, but it would have got way worse than it was going. And this fight it would have got way worse for Spence the way that it was looking at least. You know, boxing all you all you do all you need to do is land one shot to change it around. But um, yeah, not uh, not in this case. In some cases. It's it's uh, better to be safe than than sorry. My motto behind that is always because boxers their pride their pride will always say, you know they never want their coach to throw in a towel. That's your pride saying that. But what I always say is I'd rather you be mad at me for stopping it too early, rather than me coming to visit you in the hospital because I stopped it too late. So, yeah yeah yeah. Shout out to that. Um, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Andre Georges from the Border City Boxing Club. My man, he uh, um, shared the ring with both Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. And he was saying from years ago, I know everyone, in, you know, in the past couple of weeks was going back and forth or saying Terrence Crawford. But Andre, this he was saying this from years ago that that uh, Terrence Crawford was going to dominate and stop Earl Spence. Um, so shout out to Andre. Uh, he was a very good boxer himself, amateur and pro, and now he's a very good coach too. Um, but yeah, man, he was saying this years ago. He was at the fights too. Much respect to you, Andre. Much respect to you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get those picks going. Like this. Yeah, this, this. Anyways, let's let's get into it. Um, now, as far as the pound for pound list. Now, when people talk about their pound for pound list. It's very subjective, subjective, I guess. I hope that's the right word that I'm using because there's not any, like, specific criteria to say, you know, there's no specific criteria or rules to say, you know, to, to say that this person is going to be a list on the list or not on the list. It's really just who you, who you think uh, should be there. So that's why sometimes it, it's hard because sometimes people just go with their favorites as opposed to looking at it from totality, not just the resume, but all the things, you know, uh, uh, the eye test, the resume, um, you know, level of competition, all that stuff. Terrence Crawford raised that bar for, for, um, for that number one pound for pound list. Let's, let's go through that. Um, there's certain things. This, these are just my specific criterias for the pound for pound list. And yeah, make some comments in the comment section. I can't check them right now, but I'm going to check them after I get through this list here. Take a quick sip of the water. So this is my criteria for the pound for pound list to make the pound for pound list, which is the number one best boxers, the top 10 best boxers in the sport. So if you're undisputed in your weight class, if you're undisputed, which means you have all the belts, you at least have to be consideration for top 10. Now, you know, there's an asterisk beside that too. We'll get to that one after. But if you're undisputed, which means you have all the belts, you should at least be in, in consideration for, for the top 10. Maybe not number one, but at least top 10. Because you're the, obviously the best 
at that weight class for that time being. Um, the other one, this is not any in any specific order. If you move up in weight class, if you move up in weight class and convin convincingly beat uh, the champion or a top five guy, if you move up in weight class and convincingly beat the champion or at least a top five guy in that weight class, you should be considered on the, on on a pound for pound list. The other the other one is if you have more out of your record, if you, you need you should have more unanimous wins than split decision close fight wins where you know uh, um, people are arguing whether they think you won the fight or lost. You should have way more unanimous unanimous wins where not just the judges but the public opinion everyone clearly sees that you won the fight too. Of course, there's some fights where the judges might give it to one person, but the public opinion is different. Nothing like that. You need to have clear, unanimous wins from the judges and from the public opinion too to, to make that list. The other one, um, passing the eye test. And there's a little bit of under criteria under that. So passing the eye test basically means you look very good against lower level competition. No disrespect to the lower level competition. You know, not everyone could be a champion. Not everyone could be a level. You know, there's levels to this, like like Meek Mill said. There's levels to this. So on your way up, on your way up, um, you know, you're fighting D level, C level, and then B level competition until you prove that you're good enough. To, to to compete against the A-level competition, right? Um, so passing the eye test means that you, you're looking good against the, the guys that you're supposed to look good against. A perfect example of that is, is Boots Ennis right now. Um, Boots Ennis definitely passes the eye test, um, and he's had some very good... Uh, um, he's looked very good against some b-level competition i think you know after you know a, a while ago the past couple of months or even from last year a lot of the boxing world were saying that boots ennis is ready to beat terence crawford and earl spence right now and i said you guys everyone needs to slow down everyone needs to slow down because he definitely passes the eye test but as far as resume and level of competition not so much not so much not yet and after last night, I'm very curious to see if everyone is still uh, um, that confident that Boots can take out Terrence Crawford. Um, definitely do not see that happening right now. Um, yeah, Terrence Crawford definitely is up there. Now, this is what I meant about Terrence Crawford raising the bar. Where are we at? Where are we at? This is what I meant about Terrence Crawford raising the bar about the criteria for the pound for pound list. Not only do you have to uh, um, win the, like be undisputed, but it's how you want it against the level of competition that you want it against. For example, like just because you're undisputed doesn't exactly mean that you're, you're unanimously the best person at that division. A perfect example is uh, George Cambosis. No, no disrespect to George Cambosis. He is a top five, at least top 10 boxer in his weight class in the world. Top 10 in the world is George Cambosis. 
But when he was undisputed after being Teofimo Lopez, um, he was not favorite to win against Devin Haney, who went to Australia and, and beat him twice, convincingly, unanimously. Um, so even though George Cambosis was undisputed in his weight class, he, you know, he wasn't exactly the best, um, the best, you know, he wasn't clearly the best in his weight. So what Terrence Crawford did last night by raising the bar, it was not only did he make himself undisputed, but he did it against clearly, um, this, the other, the, the champion of that weight class, not just the champion of that weight class. I forgot to mention this too. If you have a convincing win against another another top ten boxer in the pound for pound list, that's what makes you number one. That that so I, I, I kind of skipped ahead there. So I was saying if you if you become yourself undisputed, not only did you become undisputed, but you beat the champion who everyone knew that champion was very good, Earl Spence, who everyone knows was was a great uh, you know. Not was still is a great fighter. Only person that could do that, I believe, to Earl Spence was Terrence Crawford. So that those were just the criteria to make the list. Now, this is different. To make yourself number one, again, this is just my criteria. It's not the only criteria. Everyone could go up with their own thing. To make yourself number one, this is what made this is what uh, uh, Terrence Crawford separated himself. Is that he did it against someone that is also not only not only top ten, but definitely would be top five in most people's pound for pound list as best fighters in the sport of boxing. Let me just talk about my man Inoue, very good boxer. Yes, he should be on on the pound for pound list. Where on that list? I don't know. I, I do not think he should be number one. And this is the reason why I came up with this uh, this this thing here. So anyway, he's been dominating all of his fights. Uh, had a very, very good special performance against Stephen Fulton a couple of days ago in Japan. Dominated him. I was not expecting that dominating performance. Much respect to Inoue for, for, for that performance. That is what, uh, for me, that performance for him was what, for me, put Inoue at least at the, at the 10, at the, you know, making the list but at number 10 the reason why i say that again much respect to anyway but i i can't put him at number one because of the level of competition you know his the fight that he had before this with um with nonito donaire you know everyone was praising him for that one nonito donaire is a, is a first ballot hall of famer but he was 37 years old when he had that fight with anyway a close fight that's why they had a rematch Anyway, stopped him in the rematch when Donaire was like 38, 39 years old. But this is what I mean. Like, yes, Inoue has dominating performances. But, you know, there, there's a reason why, you know, the, the, some of the promoters in North America or even in the UK brought him over there to, to, to make him a, a global star. He's very big in Japan. I'm sure he's making millions in Japan. Um, but globally like you know if you want to be a, a global star you got to fight in north america or at least in the uk um and the reason why i don't think he's done that is because the level of competition is not there <laughs> you know this three pounds these four you know four division four division champion 
in those lower weight classes, like three pounds difference in, in the weight classes. Once again, much respect to Inoue. He is definitely one of, you know, on my top 10 list, but at number 10. Definitely not number one. Ter the reason why, again, Terrence Crawford, not only did he become undisputed, but he did it against somebody, someone who everyone would at least consider Earl Spence. If he's not in your top five, he's at least in your top 10. If he's not in your top 10, you shouldn't even be commentating about boxing or watching boxing. Terrence Crawford had a dominating performance against one of the best boxers of this generation in Earl Spence Jr. Dominating performance. That is what made what is what makes Terrence Bud Crawford the number one pound for pound best boxer in the sport of boxing today. Clear. There's no question. There's no question. Um, and again, the there's other guys you can put in there from from if you want to still not still but you know you got to put Canelo in there, um, Charlo at undisputed at 154 he's about to fight Canelo he should be in consideration too again, like I said if you're undisputed, if you moved up in weight class and had a convincing win against the, the champion or at least a top five guy, more unanimous to win more unanimous wins than split decision wins, passing the eye test meaning on your way up you 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 know had highlight stoppages or knockouts versus dnc level competition that's to make the top 10 list but to be number one you got to beat someone else that's on that top 10 list yeah these punches right here i was looking for for pictures of highlights of the fight i was trying to find some highlights of of of, of earl spence doing his thing too but <laughs> this fight was uh was not what i expected um Convincing, dominating win by uh, by Terrence Bud Crawford. What is next? What is next for for Crawford now? Well, let's see. What what is next for Spence first? Because again, shout out to my homie Sam who was saying like, no way that was a fifty that was a fifty fifty a fifty fifty fight. Is you can say that now, but going in again, going in. Anyone who said they um. Oh yeah, this picture right here. <laughs> this is exactly what what Crawford was looking like last night. That arm was looking exactly like that in in the in the fight. But going into this match, there's no way if if anybody was saying that they were convinced that one guy was going to dominate over another one, you know, there's, there's not it was really more them betting with their heart. Again, I got it. Shout out to my boy Andre. I got to get him on the show. I got to do an interview with my boy Andre Georges. Again, very good boxer and a very good coach right now because he actually shared the ring with uh, with Earl Spence and Terrence Bud Crawford. So he's one of the only people that can give us personal insight on um, on how you know how uh, how both of them were. So I got to get him on the show. Much respect to my boy Andre. He's one of the only people that was saying years ago that that uh, that Crawford was going to do his thing like in this fashion. I just thought, you know, at the level, you know, Earl Spence, again, there's, I don't think there's anybody else at the welterweight, welterweight division that can do that to Earl Spence. Not to mention Earl Spence, not that he had trouble making this way, but he, he already has plans of moving up to 154. He said after the fight that um, <laughs> there's already a rematch clause. Like, I know, I know everyone's going to be saying, like, there's no need for a rematch, but 
it was already in the contract that whoever lost was gonna was was allowed to uh to to call for a rematch so um so assuming he's gonna do that but earl spence said that he was hoping that the rematch would be at 154. <laughs> most likely not because terence crawford is obviously the, the 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 person that won the match is gonna get gonna get to have the better negotiations on on the terms of the contract yeah again this this punch right here this is what earl spence's head was turning all night long like this um yeah this he, he was not expecting that nobody was expecting that what else we got in the rankings who else we got so who who could spence go from here where's all the comments at? where's all the comments at? no comments yet who could come at um, who's next for for Earl Spence right now? Who do we got at 147? Um, I'm sure he's gonna take some time off just uh, just to rethink rethink things. But again, I don't think there's anybody at uh, welterweight. All these guys from shout out to the Canadian Cody Cl- Cody Crowley from Peterborough doing his thing in Vegas, worked his way up to top five. Well, yeah, Cody Crowley is top five in all the major in WBC, WBA, IBF, and IBO. Oh, except for WBA. But in the top three weight clap belts, Cody Crowley is top, he's number two. No, yeah, number two or number three. Much respect to the Canadian Cody Crowley for that. Um, you got Ugas, who who um, Spence just beat in his last fight before that. Who else we got? Boots Ennis. Should we see Boots Ennis versus Earl Spence first as one more one more test for Boots before before Crawford? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we should see Boots versus Crawford first. I mean Boots versus uh, Spence first. As I'm watching the highlights of the fight of Spence go down, um, Boots versus Spence first. If Boots can convincingly win against spence then they should definitely make that fight with crawford so that's that's what i think should happen first uh boots ennis except boots ennis looked very good in this last fight the fight right before that i forgot homeboy's name um where are we at here the fight right before that um yeah i forgot homeboy's name that uh that boots fought that he went 12 rounds with that, that was he not that he struggled but it wasn't a convincing one not a stoppage and the one thing that kind of concerned me about that one was that uh he, you know he kind of instead of taking responsibility for not being able to to cut off the ring and stop the guy he blamed that uh, he said that the other guy came in not to fight just to run and that kind of concerns me because you know what that means is that you know you you know the ring is only that much big you should be able at that level you should be able to cut off the ring cut off the ring if you're if that's all your opponent is doing is running um and landing punches from there cutting off the ring if they move to to to, to your left using a hook to, to stop them there moving the other direction using a cross or hook to stop them in that direction so that kind of concerned me when boots was talking about you know his his opponent was wasn't there to fight he was just there to run um but then in his last opponent, Roman Villa, um, he looked very good. 
but as I'm looking here in the in the top list, I don't know if I'm missing it. But uh, oh, Zolt Durani, another Canadian, is in the top fifteen in the WB WBO. But I don't see Bruce Ennis's name anywhere on here. Why is Bruce Ennis's name not in these top ten uh, top ten lists? Um. Anyways, Boots Ennis versus Earl Spence Jr. First, that's I think that's what I think should happen. Again, this picture right here, that hard straight cross from Terrence Crawford. Look how relaxed he is too. Look at Terrence Crawford's face. Look at both both of their facial reactions in this picture right here. Full extension on that straight left, turning his hip. You can tell he turned his hip and pivoted his foot. That yeah, this this was just a picture perfect. Uh, um picture right here but a master class this is what you call i think the word master class is kind of thrown out thrown around a lot um when uh in boxing these days when, when a guy has a very good win um but uh last night was a simply a master class performance by by bud crawford one of the things shout out to my boy mike carter too who's been the number one Terrence Crawford, Crawford supporter for years too. Um, Mike, I know, I know you were betting Crawford with your heart, but come on, you got to admit, even you weren't expecting that dominating performance <laughs> from your boy. Much respect to my boy Mike. But um, yeah, yeah. One of the things, the defensive things. Of course, you guys know I'm all about the defense. One of the defensive things that. Uh, that Crawford was doing last night was actually opening his hand in his glove to, to cover more space. Obviously in a boxing club, you can't, you can't straight up open your hands like this, but you can make a tighter fist to, to make you have a harder punch, but you can also like open your hands a little bit. It doesn't make, it doesn't seem like it makes much of a difference, but you can go from here to adding an inch more of defense, just covering up like that. Um, so what he did and one of the, I'm assuming it's a drill that he practices, but um, he blocked and came back with the same hand. A lot of times they have the boxers do the drill where, you know, there's a, there's a round where they, you know, I don't care what you throw, you throw a couple punches, block and come back with the same hand. And then the next round will block and come back with the opposite hand. Most fighters are, are, are more comfortable doing one or the other. A lot of coaches only stick to one way. A lot of coaches only coach blocking and coming back with the opposite hand. I say your me as a coach, I say your reflexes should be just as good with anything because you 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 could be in any situation in there. You could be in a situation where you can you can take advantage of blocking and coming back with the same hand, or you could be in a situation where you can block and come back with the opposite hand. Whatever is open, whatever is open, you need to have the reflexes and the instincts to be able to, to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> I don't want to keep repeating myself, so I'm just going to stop it right here. Much respect to Terrence Bud Crawford, once again, the number one pound-for-pound -pound best boxer in the sport. Yeah, man. Um, he could take on Boots or he can retire. He could take on Boots or he can retire. I think his his his, uh, his pride, if, if anything, if Terrence Bud Crawford, if he fought Boots and, stopped and beat Boots, he should just retire after that. He should just re even if he, re he retired now. You know what I'm saying? He's, you know, when, once you once you're getting into the into the 
into the mid to late thirties as an athlete, you know, obviously in real life, mid to late thirties is not, is not old, but in, in professional athlete age, when you're in your mid to late earth, mid to late thirties, that's basically like being like in, in your, in your, in your, you know, mid fifties, um, the power is always there. The power doesn't leave you, but the, the, the general athleticism leaves you the reflexes and the reaction time. And in a sport like boxing, where your reflexes and reaction time is everything, you know, that split second of getting your hand up or that split second slower of not getting your hand up is a world of a difference in your performance. So Terrence, I believe is uh, 35 years old now, 35 or 36. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as long as it's, it all depends how good he feels, you know. There's not too many of the all-time greats, whether in any sport. LeBron's still doing his thing at 37 years old. Yes, I mentioned LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's still doing his thing at uh, 38 years old. I think he is now. Um, you know, Floyd was still doing his thing. Floyd, let's not forget Floyd school Canelo at 36 years old. Everyone used to talk about Canelo's too young. Canelo was. Canelo was a pro for eight years and had 40 fights. <laughs> Floyd was 36 years old when he did that to Canelo. Oh, yeah, that was my other thing I was going to bring up. As far as great performances or, as, or fight of the year, I mentioned this a long time ago. The traditional way, let me take a sip of water before I get into this part. The traditional definition of the fight of the year The traditional definition of the fight of the year is is for most people for the general boxing public is just two guys whoever they are um knocking each other down multiple times during the fight where it's back and forth and not too much good defense is being displayed by by either fighter either because they're hurt or just because yeah you know so that's the, the traditional criteria or, or definition of a, of a fight of the year is when there's multiple knockdowns during a fight um, and then the, the end result is probably a, a knockdown. Um, one of the best examples is you know Artur Gotti and Mickey Ward. They had a classic three wars together. And in more recent years we had Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Yes. Wilder and Fury were just as exciting as the Arturo Gotti and Mickey Ward fights, where it was two, you know, just two two guys getting knocked down multiple times. Yes, Tyson Fury won two out of the three fights, um, but because there was multiple knockdowns in each fight, like Tyson Fury, he much respect for him for having one of the toughest chins in history. I'll give Tyson Fury that. Tyson Fury has one of the toughest chins in history, simply for the simple fact that Deontay Wilder has one of the hardest punches in boxing history. Dante Wilder has a, one of the hardest punches of anybody ever putting on a pair of gloves. And Tyson Fury got up multiple times from that. Um, so for that alone, Fury definitely has one of the toughest chins in the history of the sport. Anyways, my whole point of bringing that up was <clears throat> that's what made those fights fight, you know, considered fights of the year. Because there was multiple knockdowns, Arturo Gotti and Mickey Ward, Deontay Wilder and and uh, and Fury, 
I'm sure other people could come up with with other examples, but like going back to my specific my my specific criteria for fight of the year is when it's there's a fight between before the fight it's between two high level exceptionally high level boxers and then when the fight happens one fighter just straight dominates the other guy or girl too could be happens in, in females too shout out to the females um that's my criteria when before the fight it is literally 50 50. this fight there's no way there's only a few people that 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 can convincingly say that they knew that this that type of performance was going to happen from from crawford so anyways going into the fight it was 50 50 and then when the fight happens one boxer just straight dominates the other one that for me is is a fight of the year and performance of the year um the last time that there was a, a an exceptional an exceptional performance like this that I can remember was um, Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez when they fought for their title. Going into that fight, Oscar Valdez, Oscar Valdez had probably the the knockout of the year against Bert Burchelt, uh, Miguel Burchelt, a couple of fights before that. Not not just runner up for knockout of the like. It was the knockout of the year, uh, a very good back and forth fight with 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 him with Burchelt. Um, Oscar Valdez was uh, still is considered a top five, top three boxer in that division. So going into that fight, that fight was 50 50 for me. A lot of the people, uh, not everyone was convinced Stevenson was going to win. I was just because I, I always liked his skills, but. Um, and then it went out and Stevenson just straight up dominated him. It went 12 rounds. And even, even recently Valdez said himself, um, that Stevenson is special what, and what he did to him, um, specifically when he talked about his defense. So anyways, my whole point of bringing all that up was that my fights of the year are, are fights between two even level guys where, when the fight happens, one guy just straight dominates the other guy. Um, not in a mismatch, but he made it look like a mismatch in with his skills. With his skills. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you have it. All right, that's enough talking for today. Once again, much respect to the pound for pound enough best boxer in the sport today, Terrence Bud Crawford. Yeah, man, he definitely earned it. Shout out to the Talk and Fight YouTube channel, the number one Talk and Fight. Uh, the number one boxing YouTube channel out there. We got the scorecard. We got the knockout of the week. We got uh, we got all types of shows every day of the week, seven days a week. So make sure you like, share, subscribe, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, check me out on my YouTube channel, Cedric Sports Training. You can catch me on any social media at Cedric Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scorecard. Bring your scorecard and an explanation, not just simply your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Talk and Fight. All right, peace.